This is the Handshake Agency Podcast. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of the Green Room Podcast on the Handshake Media Network. I'm your host, Neil Griffiths. It is a big one for many reasons. Uh, before we get into who today's guest is, I have a bit of announcement. You may have seen over on the music.com.au um, that I am leaving the Green Room Podcast. Um, this has it comes, it's come very fast. Um, it's basically with what 2020 did to the industry in the world, a new opportunity has presented itself um, and I've made the decision to take that opportunity, which means I will be stepping away from the green room. Um, Look, we'll get into all the sappy stuff after the episode because I don't want to ruin it because it is a very good one. Uh, I am stoked. Episode 164 and my last will be with Australian legend Luke Steele. Many will know him, of course, as the front man of Empire of the Sun, Sleepy Jackson, Dreams, and now his new project, H3000, which he's doing with Jared Rogers, a producer who many will know worked with big names like Charlie XCX, uh, Lana Del Rey. They've released a couple of, of new songs. They've announced that they've got a debut album coming out in September. So Luke came on to talk all about the project, um, what's going to be happening, when we can hear new music. And we also spoke about the status of Empire of the Sun. Obviously, we haven't heard... New music from those guys since 2016 with their album Two Vines. He gives me an update on that and an update on Dreams as well and if him and Daniel Johns will get back together. So here it is, the last episode of the Green Room Podcast with myself talking to Luke Steele. Here it is. All right, for the very first time on the Green Room Podcast, on my final time on the Green Room Podcast, Mr. Luke Steele. Luke, welcome to the podcast, my friend. Thank you, Neil. How you doing? Good, man. How are you? I'm good. I'm a little bit crazy, you know, over here in America. I haven't really left the house for, I think I worked out, it's a, it's been over 400 days now. Jesus I've been Christ. in lockdown, so. You're in, yeah. L- you're in LA, right? I actually bought a, a property, like a log cabin on a lake um, up near Mount Shasta, up in Northern California. So I've um, left the city and, um, yeah. Was that it? Was, was that a COVID decision, or were you doing that before anyway? I, I think a bit of um, a bit of both. You know, it was kind of getting pretty tense in LA before that, mm. um, and then it was just hard to take. You know, when when you know, obviously COVID hit, and and the way it was sort of handled in mm. America was was um, yeah, definitely interesting and a little bit scary you know being in a city so because you're you're primarily based in california now aren't you yeah yeah that's been uh for the last 10 years yeah wow okay so how how have things been obviously the last 12 months has not been great but how has um how's the last couple of years been for you over there making music you know I, i like I do really love LA, you know, they call LA the storytelling capital of the world. And um, 
you know, I love the electricity and the excitement from from being there. Um, yeah, so, yeah, what am I trying to say? Yeah, but I, I guess it just got a bit, um, got quite heavy, you know, being such a transient city and when the, the virus hit and how it, it seemed like 50% of people didn't really believe it. It was kind of hard to to gauge that. Um, yeah, and I think that spirit kind of flooded over the country. You know, there was a quite a heavy, heavy spirit, but, you know, I, I you hate just got to do what you got to do, you know, I guess. Yeah, I mean, I hate that this has, like, been a consistent question on the podcast, but do you remember where you were and what you were doing when everything kind of went to shit back in, what, last March? Yeah, I was actually... Um, I'd just done a riding trip down in Nashville and as I was down there, you started to see different countries shut down and, um, yeah, I remember going to the CVS and they were all out of hand sanitizer and then getting on a plane and the guy next to me is wiping the seat and it, <laughs> and then when I got back to the, the house, you know, my wife was like, all right, spray down all your clothes. And it was literally the couple of days later, Jesus, everything kind of locked down and, yeah, went into that. Be honest, was there ever a conversation with the family about moving back to Australia? Because I don't know if you know, we're doing okay right now. We talked about that a lot and we did like tests with the kids around the block, but, um, you know, they couldn't make it further than four blocks without keeping their mask on. Yeah, right. So, um, yeah, it was sort of um, had to weigh up that decision, you know, and I think being there 10 years, you know, I've got like 8,000 guitar pedals and... <laughs> You know, I think 50 amps and all these guitars everywhere. And it was like, so we actually, yeah, shut down the whole house and, you know. Yeah, because correct me if I'm wrong, the last time you were in Australia was with Dreams for Vivid Live. And the time before that was, I think, FOMO Festival with Empire in 2016. Is that right? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I don't know why I remember that. I, I just, I know I was at those shows, but yeah, 2016. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's amazing in my storage locker here how much stuff I have. Like, you know, because Dreams, we used all these. Um, we had triggers on big garbage cans, and we had, um, you know, d- heaps of different kind of gear and guitars and synths and stuff. So, yeah, it was a bit hard to, especially when the riots were happening. It was quite heavy. It was like we've got to be light on our feet and get out of town. But mm. it was like <laughs> I was going to say, who like who mans your wardrobe? And music equipment because fuck me, that's gonna be at least ten cupboards. Yeah. Yeah, it was a fair bit. And you kind of um <laughs> Yeah, when you've got a couple of storage units and it's they're all getting filled up, it's a bit of a it's a bit of a worry. Yeah, well we'll get into um those projects a little bit later. But first off, congratulations, man, on H three thousand. Um this obviously this podcast will be coming out. We can finally announce the self-titled debut album is coming out in September. Uh, so this is a new project with Jared Rogers. Um, before we get into it, man, just tell me a little bit about it and how you and Jared got together. It was pretty natural, actually. I met Jared um, at Henson Studios in Hollywood when we were actually doing the Dreams record. Um, Dan and I needed some help on a track, and we had M Phase, a great Australian producer, come in, and he brought Jared along, and we actually met there. 
and um, he lent a couple of production to a couple of Dreams tracks. And, and then after that, it was kind of, um, you know, it was a summer in California and I think he sent me a, a backing or two. And uh, we just sort of got to it. It was, it was a great project because it was, it was quite simple, you know. He'd sort of, you know, make backings and, and make them sound really, really thick and I'd sort of get in on vocals and do the guitars and then it was, that was it, you know. There wasn't many cooks going on. When, when these projects materialise, are these things that you kind of sit on for a while or is it very quick and organic? Because you obviously just mentioned you met Jared making Dreams, Dreams you did with Daniel Johns, Empire with Nick Littlemore. Um, now Jared, and for people who might not know Jared, he's probably um, more heavy in the pop scene, right? He's worked with Charlie XCX and Lana Del Rey. Um, what was it about Jared that you said, yeah, let's, we need to do something together? See, I love pop music. I think I love the, well, I love the sonics of pop music. I love how, you know, good, not so much um, pop, pop, but, you know, just really big sounding tracks. And yeah, he had like a, yeah, he's definitely got, you know, a lot of flair with his production. It's, um, we connected on the intricacies as well. Like I'd just been in Japan with the empire mm-hmm. and we've done a couple of tricks and a couple of trips there. And I'm, I've always been sort of assessed by those like back to the future kind of moments, like there at the technological park, I'd find little toys and you'd press them and, you know, they'd make sounds. And uh, so I kind of brought back from that, it reignited my love for, you know, focal effects and different gadgets and, um, sort of that hyper, hyper kind of sound and hyper speed that mm. comes in, in, in with Japan. And Jared was right into that as well. So it sort of, yeah, ended up with this weird concept of, I think at the time, a lot of full-on things had happened, like Avicii had died and, and Anthony Bourdain. And, you know, there was a lot of issues of the heart that I felt that were really, you know, prominent at that time. So, yeah, that sort of became the, the concept, you know, great songs, but sort of bent into a gender warped future of like the year 3000. Yeah, and the, the new film clip for Running has also come out. I just checked it out. Holy shit. Um, a little birdie. <laughs> I, I don't know how reliable this source is. So uh, it's done by Unreal Engine, right? So they're a gaming company, and my source tells me they also did The Mandalorian. Is that true, or should I tell him he's wrong and should never give me sources again? That's true. And oh, he nailed it. It was actually made by a Sydney company called Collider right, using yeah. this software. Yeah, the software is Unreal Engine. And um, it's so high quality in terms of the realism now that, like, it's just been used for the BMW commercials and the, I think it was the Volt, Volkswagen. So now they're actually just using, you know, animation, this, this engine, basically this software engine. Will the, um, will the presentation of H3000 entirely be in that, those graphics or is this kind of just a one-off for the film clip? Yeah, all the videos and that. So then I had this idea that we're, we're avatars and, um, yeah, that sort of led into the videos and Collider just, yeah, sort of smashed it out of the park, you know, with the videos. Yeah. So the album's out in September then. 
And again, you, so you, you said this started in the summer of California. Do you remember what year? What year are we talking? Well, it's a couple of years ago now. Right. So it, it was, um, with you and Jared doing this project, was an album always in the works or was it just because you guys got so much music done together, you thought, why not do an album? Yeah, it just it just sort of happened pretty quick over that summer, and and then, um, you know, it it's funny. I always say this to my managers. It's it's kind of funny that now the world's smaller with the internet, but things take twice as long <laughs> to get released. It's kind of um, everyone's drowning in the information flood, so it has to be, you know, kind of precisely worked on. You know how the rollout works, and you know that's why it takes forever. Yeah. I think these days. Do you guys have intentions to take this on the road? I mean, again, because the the presentation is very animated, is it something similar with Empire where it's kind of more of a theatrical performance rather than an actual live show? Yeah, it'll definitely be um, a lot more streamlined and fit into a small cardboard box, you know? Mm. Yeah, <laughs> no, I like, I like that yeah, analogy, I think, yeah. Yeah, I think... Um, <laughs> Yeah, I like the concept of it being light and small, like, and the complete opposite of something like Empire, which, you know, started the complete opposite of always getting bigger. And then it just became like so big that it was like, you can't even play anywhere. Yeah. You need like two, two trucks and, you know, 20 people on the road. So, yeah, I like it being like a little. Like we're squashed into a little cardboard box and then you press a button and it's H3000 jumps out, you know, or something. Yeah. I mean, Empire of the Sun is so interesting in that way, right? Because obviously you guys broke out in Australia, you got massive here, you go overseas, it gets even bigger. Thanks to the world of TikTok, Walking on a Dream, it's almost like that song came out yesterday. I think you saw it like it just had a billion hits on TikTok. It's nearly three billion. Jesus Christ. Yeah. Are you, um, as a father, are you a TikToker? I'm so sorry I called you that. <laughs> TikToker. I'm not. I'm not a TikToker, but, yeah, I'm trying to – every week I kind of get this memo when we do, like, management catch-ups and it's always on there. Like, now it's gone up to this and I always every time just say, well, how can we turn that into some cold, hard cash? <laughs> every you single know, all time. I really – all I really want is a jet ski, you know, so. <laughs> do you have a cabin? Someone can, You're fine. You can get a yeah. jet ski. Yeah, if someone can work out how to do that, um, I'll gladly give them my email and we can work it out. Well, I remember as well, like a couple of years ago, like Empire made their debut on Ellen based on Walking on a Dream. And wasn't that just because of a car ad that blew up in the US? Yeah, it was the Honda, Honda car ad and. Yeah, it's quite funny. It's like sales were up 900% and it, it <laughs> made it a hit song. It was funny, but it's still getting discovered now. People are, um, it's a, quite an incredible song and it's, it, it always reminds me of the power of, the, of music, you know, how mm. a song can just keep changing through the generations. And, and yeah. I say this as like an Empire of the Sun nerd, but does that piss you off when a hit song like Walking on a Dream which came out in what, 2007? In what, almost 10 years later is suddenly this breakout hit in the US. Like I think Bag Raiders had a similar thing with Shooting Stars. That, um, something I think it was a YouTube meme and a song that's 10 years old is now suddenly this hot hit in the US clubs. (laughs) Yeah. It's funny, yeah, music just um, has a laugh of it. 
of its own, you know, mm. and you can, yeah, it's hard to know. Well, now I have to ask you again as an Empire of the Sun fan, <clears throat> I had Nick on the podcast, I want to say early last year, he was also in quarantine in LA and um, he spoke, he, he mentioned what you just said about the Japan trip, you guys wrote some music there, but he couldn't really say when or if the music will be released because quarantine, sorry, the COVID lockdowns were just so fresh. Is there any update on Empire Music? Can we expect something this year? Maybe next? No, I don't think so. You know, like there's a lot of stuff, but it's, yeah, we just struggle so much with um, like Zoom writing and it's, mm. it's always been such a, I don't know, in the room kind of tangible band where you sort of run on the the spirit of what's happening and then you, mm. yeah, it's kind of funny like that and yeah we try to entertain some things but it just didn't really work and it's it's funny when it's not in sync it just feels like you're painting over a wall that keeps you know drawing a different color yeah. So is, is this again like a, a complete case of just COVID fucking you around and not being able to get in the same room together? Yeah, and I think that COVID changed so much, you know, it, it, um, yeah, it just sort of, you know, there's a quote I use on the H3000. It's like the old world has died, that the old world will not die, but it just needs to be born again. Mm. And I kind of, um, it just felt like that, you know, it's time for something new, it's time for a new you know, a new challenge and, you know, maybe when it comes back it's it's completely opposite or it has a similar fabric but it's it's done a different way. Like years ago we were in Belgium, Nick and I, and we went into this great studio which was so awesome. It had accommodation there. They had an old um, that kind of like grandma cooking these meals all day and you had every bit of gear you wanted and, and we spent a couple of days there and wrote a bunch of stuff. And so I don't know, maybe it's, it's, it's a completely, and then the Japan trip. So yeah, I'm, I'm still trying to work it out. It's just like, but I think, yeah, I think so. Yeah. As you get older, you just um, start to realize not to work it out. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that, this sounds ominous though, Luke. Is this like a empires on hiatus? It feels that way right now. Yeah, yeah. So who knows what the future holds, really? Yeah, because the dynamic with you and Nick is so great, right? Because obviously um, you both had uh, histories in the Australian scene. You were Sleepy Jackson, Nick doing Pinal. Um, Empire blows up. Nick comes back to Australia and continues doing Pinal and is working with a bunch of emerging Aussie artists. You do Dreams. Now you're doing H3000. How is that, how, sorry, how is that working relationship now when you're when you are on other sides of the world and you're both doing projects that are super successful and obviously need a lot of time and attention. Well, we're both, you know, I think it's people know about relationship. We're quite weird, you know. We're both very you're unique, Luke. You're not weird. You're unique. Yeah, unique's <laughs> a good word. But. So it, um, you know, we might not talk for a year. Yeah, you know. And then you might talk and something happened. But, yeah, it's, 
and there's a breakthrough or something. So it's um, yeah, you, uniquely unique. Let's go with that. Yeah. yeah, I like that. So what about then? I'm just jumping to another project now. What about dreams? Again, you guys were here in 2019. I want to say you had the album "No One Defeats Us." Was that very much just a, a project at that time for you and Daniel to work on, or is there more to come from that as well? Well, I'd love to do more, but it's a similar thing. Like, you know, Dan's just such a incredible artist, and you know, he said to me right from the start of the pandemic, "I'm not running on Zoom," you know, I don't, <laughs> I don't do that. And it's funny because. Um, He's uh, he's so animated, you know. You're in the studio, and um, you know the way he'll conduct. It's like when you see him working Van Dyke Parks, he'll say, you know, the melody should, and he'll be conducting with his hands, and you know, the reverb should cut here and then side chain as it goes off, and it's 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 quite incredible to watch. Mm. So um, yeah, we we talk a bit, you know, like once every couple of weeks and with different ideas and things. But yeah, I, I always have this vision of um, getting a really awesome place and like a beach in Hawaii with a bunch of producers or something, you know, something that's, yeah. So yeah, I think that the pandemic has got a lot to dance for. <laughs> yeah, no, exactly. This is the thing, right? Like, so when things begin to open up, is your schedule full-time with H3000 or then do you immediately pick up the phone and also start talking to Daniel again? Do you call Nick? Where are your priorities right now? Especially with, at least in America, I think they're saying that they want like festivals back at hundred percent capacity in October, which feels yeah, well, optimistic. Yeah. It's quite strange, you know, cause I've been thinking about lately, like America's kind of like the, you know, the, um, the dangerous street kid, you know, you sort of like hmm. America will do what America wants. And if that is, um, you know, putting on a concert with half the crowd vaccinated and then America will do that, you know? And so, yeah, I'd, I'd probably say I probably wouldn't be doing a show for a while, you know? Hmm. Um, but I've been, uh, writing a solo record, um, this last year, my first solo record, which I've been doing. Oh, Snaps, isn't exclusive? at my house. You can be an exclusive right now? Yeah. Oh, nice. Yeah, you're the first, you're the first one that. Z, Z can told. do like a fun effect in post. We'll make this like a big. Dun, 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 dun. <laughs> so, okay, what, what's happening? So, yeah. when, when have you been writing this? Yeah, so. So, I just. Um, yeah, after I went down to. To Nashville, you know, right before the pandemic hit, I started. I sure. did some stuff with a, a great pedal steel player down there, and yeah, just I guess songs that I've, um, you know, been talking about what's going on in the world and in my head, and you know, some of the tribulations with um, run-ins with, you know, business people and all that kind of thing. So it's a bit of a you know, across the across the board solo records, pretty low fire, like a, a, a Neil Young sort of vibe. Yeah, wow. Quite sim- quite simple. But yeah, I've I've wanted to make this record for twenty years, but I think um, you've been busy. Yeah, I think <laughs> I just really needed to maybe go through so much and become a man, you know. And and I think now I actually know how to write a song properly. I think up till now I've sort of been a bit probably faking it, you know. 
Yeah, it's it's funny. Like that's probably one of the few nice things about the pandemic is that I've spoken to a couple of people where they've like Brandon Boyd from Incubus. He he's about to release a solo album that would not have happened if COVID didn't happen. Yeah, right. So it's really cool that you're doing that. I know this is a bullshit question, but if you were to try and categorize it based on all your projects of Empire, Dreams, H3000, Sleepy Jackson, what what kind of category are we going for here? Or is this completely different, more acoustic? This is um, Luke Steele. It's the eccentric troubadour. Fuck, that's cool. Did you just make that up then? <laughs> I can say yes, I guess, I guess I can. <laughs> Dude, but I feel... You have to call Yeah, that. I've kind of grown... I've grown up with those... You know, my father's a blues musician, so I, I grew up in a blues club, And but he did a lot of John Prine and J.J. Cale and Bob Dylan. So I, I've always grown up on those songs, but I love that, you know, I also love the little left of center, Captain Beefheart. So it has that you know, kind of twist like, you know, Beck would do on his early records and stuff. Yeah. Um, yeah, so hopefully that's, at, um, I think it's going to drop later in the year, so I'm, I'm pretty excited about that. And then do you have plans to come home? Fuck, even if it's for a family barbecue. You need to come home at some point, Luke. Yeah, yeah, we, we talk about that kind of all the time, you know. I really do miss you guys and miss Australia. So, um, yeah, maybe soon, you know, definitely, definitely soon. Yeah, well, hopefully you can bring H3000 down here as well because, fuck yeah, I've obviously heard, only heard a couple of songs, but they're so good. And congrats on the project, man. I'm loving what I'm hearing. Oh, great, man. That's, that's good. Yeah, I was, I was, it's um, a bit hyper and a bit pop, you know. I've always wondered how it's going to go down in Australia, you know, because... Um, <laughs> But we'll, we'll soon find out. What was that laugh? Was that like we're because we're jerks? Is that why? <laughs> oh, you know, Australia's Australia likes, you know, it's hard rock and yeah, it's um. But I think it's uh, yeah. You never know, like the whole music thing we're talking about. You never know what what people gonna gonna like. You know, I guess. Yeah. Well, Luke, thanks so much for coming on, man. I really appreciate your time. Congrats on this. I can't wait to hear this and the solo album. Um, it's been so great talking to you, man. Oh, man. Thank you. Appreciate it, man. We'll talk soon, yeah? Yeah, yeah. Awesome, man. Thanks, man. Talk to you soon. All right. Thank you. Bye. All right. That is it. Big thank you to Luke Steele and H3000 for coming on the Green Room podcast. Their new self-titled debut album is out on the 17th of September. Um, I've been such a fan of Luke and obviously I'm part of the sun for many years, so it was great for me to finish out with that. I'll do a quick spiel. I don't want to do a 25-minute goodbye. Zig, please play wrap-up music if this goes on way too long. But I do have a, a, a couple of things I want to say. Obviously, first and foremost is thank you to, to the listeners and to everyone involved, starting with... Uh, the Handshake Bosses, when I pitched the podcast in 2017, they could have said anything. They could have told me to fuck off and go back to my desk. Instead, they completely supported it. They wanted to hear a pilot. And ever since, they have backed it from weekly episodes to going to things like Big Sound, Backstage at Splendor, or Good Things, or Laneway, or Falls. They've always, always supported it. So thank you so much to them for giving me that shot. 
I do also have to give a quick thanks to my former co-host Dave, who if you listened back early on before the Green Room when it was called The Music Podcast, Dave was my co-host. He did the first 60 episodes. Um, so thank you to him. And thank you to everyone who's been involved in the production. Um, first of all, Ron and the team at Studios 301, who uh, engineered a bunch of episodes, as did Mike at Vienna People's Studio in Sydney. Um, he was always so cool to us, so thank you, Mike. And also my boy Zig, who's here right now, still working. I don't even think he's listening to me right now. Uh, in the last year, obviously, when COVID hit, um, Zig took over the production of The Green Room and also a lot of the other Handshake podcasts. Um, and I've gotten to know him a lot in the last 12 months because of COVID and he's been so cool to work with. Um, I'm glad to call him a friend now. Again, he's still working, but, you know, here I am pouring my heart out. He's got a smile. There he is. So, Zeke, thank you so much, man. Um, and thank you to every artist, band, actor, comedian, whoever. Thank you for coming on this podcast. Thank you for making it so much fun to do, uh, you know, to the publicists, to the promoters, to managers. Um, you know, I've, I've been pretty lucky to to interview obviously a lot of cool people and a lot of people that I in my own life I personally love you know people like Metallica Foo Fighters Halsey Bill Burr Mike Shinoda Tim Minchin Mel C like we had a fucking Spice Girl on this podcast I still can't believe that so thank you to everyone who has helped make The Green Room so good um, an announcement on The Green Room and what will be happening moving forward will be, will be announced in the, in the coming days I'm very excited to, um, to see what happens next uh, and so keep an eye out on the podcast.com.au for that announcement. Um, but until then, that's it from me. If you want to stay in touch, I guess hit me up on Instagram. Like it's 2020. I don't have a TikTok, but I have an Instagram. So just hit me up at Neil double underscore Griffiths. Um, I'll be in touch with you guys, hopefully. And we'll see each other soon, I hope. Until then, head over to the podcast.com.au. Keep throwing your support behind Handshake Media and all the great work they're doing with The Green Room and all of the other podcasts. I will see you people at some point in the near future. Miss you. <laughs> Thank you so much. Okay, now it's getting pretentious. Fuck this. All right, guys, I miss you. Thank you. Love you. Bye. is a podcast from the Handshake Agency Network, produced by Neil Griffiths, recorded and engineered by Zig Parker, executive producer Craig Treweek.